Dr. Ta here. Fun fact number one. A wound foil foils no one. <laughs> Do it again. That's good. We got the Goulardi laugh in the background. <laughs> yeah. It's analog, too. <laughs> Fun fact number one. I'll take. Oot take. Oot. That's a Canadian. We're up in Canada now. Oot take. Oh, cut, Jerry. It's a oot take. A. A. Motherfucker. Don't you know? Do it. Who forgot the fucking maple syrup? This is Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. And this is the Midnight Gadfly. And you're listening to Unsane Radio. 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 Alright, once again we have a show for you. Our professionalism knows no bounds. 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 All Just right. know your safe word. <laughs> so in today's episode, we're going to have a little bit of a meditative uh, pause. Okay, pause over. We're going to talk about... We call that awkward silence. What are we talking about? Shadow of the Vampire. Oh, Shadow of the Vampire. Okay, here we go. Trivia, boys and girls. How do you say the he's fucking talking, director's... He's talking to you, Gadfly. How, did the, how do you say the fucking director's last name? Uh, <laughs> yeah, what he said. Come on, come on. Pronounce it for me. Merhaj. What? what was that? Merhaj. 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 Marriage. I heard it I heard one time. I thought I heard, but maybe I made it up. Was marriage. I yeah. think you made it up. I probably did. Marriage. Anyway. My marriage was a sham. <laughs> e. Elias. Marriage. E. Elias. He did, you know, and if you look, he hasn't really done a whole lot. Uh, three ma- three yeah. uh, feature length films. Yeah, and then some Marilyn Manson videos. Two Marilyn Manson videos. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Two. Yeah. And uh, they're like taken from begotten which um, is uh, one of the movies he did but anyway back to we'll talk about that but back to Shadow of the Vampire which stars John, John Malkovich. Malkovich yes Carrie Elway Willem Dafoe Willem Dafoe who was nominated for an Oscar uh, for Best Supporting Actor right um, they That's were also right. nominated for an Oscar for uh, makeup right and um, <laughs> which William didn't need much of and then the, the film itself was nominated for a Golden Globe, and so was Willem Dafoe. But I don't think that uh, didn't win anything. I don't think any, they won anything. Also stars Udo Kier. Yes. Udo Kier, Udo yeah. Kier. But yeah. Um, and you were written by Stephen Katz, by the way, um, and directed by Marriage. Um, Did you see I, who produced it? It's a metafiction. <laughs> what, who? 
Nicholas Cage. Oh, oh yes. I forgot. Duh. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jabba. <laughs> Raging Cajun. One of Willem Dafoe's best roles. Yes. Bar none. Oh, it's really good. Uh, it's it's a good, it's a very good movie. And it's very surprising that it, it is marriage if, uh, to know his history, which we'll get into. But, um, and there again, I think a lot of it really doesn't have uh, so much to do with him. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. A little bit. I think the writing is what makes the movie oh, yeah. good yeah. And, and gives allows everybody to... Uh, uh, you know, do their parts. Uh, marriage. Stephen, Stephen Katz is the yeah. Stephen Katz. I and, already said and that. to bring the elements together to make it somewhat believable. And like you know I said, what I mean? yeah. it, it, and it is a metafiction it. yeah. um, because it's it's all about the making of Nosferatu, the uh, infamous silent German uh, version of version Dracula. Of Dracula. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, which you all know, I'm sure. But it's about the making of that and uh, the filming of it. And uh, John Malkovich plays um, iconic director F.W. Murnau. Um, <laughs> Mer- that, that's the cat. Murnau. <laughs> um, but then it's it's all about the relationship between the cast and primarily uh, Max Schreck, who is played by Willem Dafoe. Who is... Is it a spoiler? Is it a spoiler alert? Are we gonna, are we well, I, I mean, it I could be because he thinks he's a vampire. Leave it at that. <laughs> well, and and, and you right. can and you can guess what happens later. Um, anyway, it's interesting. It, it, it is. It's if a, you have nice not seen it, here, um, if yeah. you've seen it, you know what we're talking about. Right. But I've got some, I got a I got a bit of a sample here, just a little bit. Roll camera and begin. Nice pussy. Nice pussy. You are developing in a number of lovely ways. For a moment, I even thought I saw a premonition of evil cross her face. It wouldn't surprise me with all the spooky shit you've been saying to me. Alvin, what did you give the cat? Laudanum. It's hard to keep the dumb thing dosa under the lights. Why did it show? You looked a little pickled. Not as much as Greta. As part of his preparation, he submerges his own personality into that of the character he's playing. That is why he's not traveling with us. Her doctor told me he went to Czechoslovakia weeks ago to absorb the flavor of the place, I suppose. A doctor also told me that when we get there and start filming, Max Shrek will only appear to us in full makeup and costume as the vampire. And furthermore, we will only film him at night. Herr Doctor, where are the extras? You're looking at them. Doctor, these people cannot act. They don't need to act. They need to be. Alvin, a native, has wandered into my frame. For the remainder of the shoot, he will be Count Orlock to himself and to all of us. Just leave the man alone. He will be completely authentic. He is not interested in our questions or our praise or our conversations. He's chasing an altogether different ghost. In my old age, I feed 
the way old men pee. Why not the script girl? <laughs> the script girl. I'll eat her later. You wanted reality, Herr Doctor. Here it is. Well, I'm not a doctor, but I have dabbled in pharmaceuticals. With a new cameraman, right? Yeah. Paul is setting up to try and shoot it now. Ah, good. Oh, God, Art can never move as fast as life, huh? Ah, sure it can. What's the lens? It's 35 millimeters, sir. Ah, not my ideal weapon of choice, but I suppose it'll do. Are you loaded? Yes, sir. Ah, good. So am I. Greta is in your last scene. That is when you can have her. After my dead scene? Yes. Don't expect realism there, Murno. What do you mean? Don't cheat me, Murno. Uh, in other words, all you have to do is, as they say, relax and the vampire will do all the work. If it's not in frame, it doesn't exist. That's a good pussy. <laughs> so there you have it. And that's that. That's uh, from a filmic standpoint. That his last statement is 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 one that's rife for discussion. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, it is true in one sense. <clears throat> yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, part of the discussion they have is uh, you know it, very early on in the film, and one of the samples that I actually removed from that very long um, string of samples was. Um, when she, um, what's his face, says, why would you want to be in a play when you can be in a movie? And Greta says, because I, I see an audience and I get life from them. That thing steals life away. <laughs> you know, about then she points to the camera. Think, yes. Yeah, that was, a, that was a big feeling among a lot at that time. Yeah, and I think it's also like a, it's all about method acting too, you know, the, and like not just method acting, but then like you know even the director is like immersed in this I don't know this role he's playing. And this is just kind of a psycho at the what twenty two, isn't it this time of a uh, spiritual photography also when they had a lot of that? Yes. So the transition between the two would be. Yeah. You know, I mean, the linking of that kind yeah. of well, they even They even have a discussion with uh, what, Udo Kier yeah. is talking to the writer, and he's like, he goes, he goes, what's the most memorable experience you've had? He goes, I once saw ectoplasm. <laughs> and he's like, where? Where is it? He goes, it was from a medium. It came out of her mouth. He's like, what did it look like? Seaweed. <laughs> goes, and the writer goes, that's what we look like when we die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so, yeah, makes the reference. Yeah, and and it's a definitely a character study of the two people of Murnau and of uh, Max Schreck, and how they how they their inner relationship I think is pretty interesting, and you know because Murnau seems to kind of he's so he's such a manipulator, and you know I think it's hubris he thinks he can manipulate Max Schreck. Who is a method actor, and I'm going to put that in air quotes, kids. Air quotes. <laughs> so um, the, the atmosphere of the movie is is really good. The way they shot it. No, it's uh, it's, it's, it's doing yes. the scenes 
from the actual movie showing kind of the them shooting that reconstruction the reconstruction yeah. was I thought was was very good yeah yeah and it's humor it it has a really dark sense of humor running through it and it, it, it's fun it's yeah there's a there's a lot of decadence during that time as well just I mean at the very beginning after they wrap shooting in some other movie you see um, Murnau go to some club uh, you know where they're doing all kinds of drugs and you know just all kinds of like um, you know, cross gender bending and all that kind of stuff that's going on that just kind of lends it. And they don't really do much with that. I mean, that scene just like comes up and then psh, we're looking through something. Right. I don't even know what we're looking through. And then it's there. We're off to the next thing. And I think that movie does that a lot. Yes, it does. But it wasn't there to explain that. It was just it, that was the time, and they were there and under the influence. Yeah, context of it. Yeah, I think, uh, and, you know, some of the other stuff that they were doing is just they, they created the, the um, Max Shrek as this kind of mysterious person. But then he almost dispels that after a while, you know, when he starts coming out and drinking schnapps with them. But yes. then, you know, and it seems so normal. But then all of a sudden he catches a bat and starts eating it, you know, and then washing down the, the bat <laughs> juice with uh, with the schnapps. Um, and then you see <laughs> you see Udo grab the schnapps back from him and wipe the, the, the mouth of it off. And continue drinking. <laughs> yeah, like it. Yeah, like it was just well. Like there know. was no bat juice. Yeah, I would and, really and, like well, to talk there, about that character, but that. that yeah, and there that again, good. that's uh, you know that that kind of relates back to that other scene of the decadence, and and the acceptance of the decadence. Yeah, especially which, uh, yeah, Alban Grau. Udo Kerr plays Alban Grau, who's yeah. a, you know. And Germany had a dark streak in them anyway. That's just, well, and this is especially after World War One, you know, yeah. coming coming back out of it, and and you know, people don't this most people in this day and age don't understand the trauma that that uh, World War One caused. Yeah, on, on all fronts, not just but in Germany, prime you know, yeah. was a big one because About Europe, yeah, and uh, the and, whole uh, European. And even us, I mean, even we got into it too. But that's, and, and the decadence was an answer to that. You know, we're going to, they went from one, one extreme, extreme to, to the other, you know. But it, it, uh, I, I like the way that marriage showed that. Um, th- th- this is an odd movie for him. Well, not really. He made two other uh, feature length movies. One was in 1990 called Begotten, um, which was. Pretty much an experimental film. That was one of our VHS uh, endeavors, yes. yeah. And um, it's a very, very strange, strange movie, um, and <laughs> it was, not not too coherent, but made intentionally not coherent. That we really have you ever seen it? Can't we've only not, seen no. it once. We've and only it, seen it once. We should put that on our memorable. list and it's, talk about it because it's an interesting movie in how he what really he did. Is. And, and it's for being, yeah, for being what it is, the way it was filmed is just super interesting. And you know, it was ultra low budget. Well, and then, yeah. But and just the way things were put together, brilliant. It was, yeah. it was really good. Yeah. Very disturbing. Very disturbing film. And, but yeah, um, yeah, very experimental. Um, and then he, in 2004, he made, uh, what was the name of it? Um, oh, man. I don't know. There's something in 2006 was like the last thing he did. I know. Suspect Zero. Oh, Suspect Zero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, I forgot. Oh. Yeah, that's I couldn't remember the name of Suspect Zero. I didn't think it was very good. Uh, uh, no, uh, no, and it got 
uh, pretty well. Um, I think it was a box office failure, you know, pretty well panned. And it was a, a kind of uninteresting, not not very. And it, it, and it really, I thought there again, um, when I watched, I thought, you know, because even the thing that uh, marriage brings to um, Shadow of the Vampire was was the way the, the, the composition of the movie. You know, that's the director. That's what he did. You know, and how he put everything together, and he has it in in uh, Shadow of the Vampire. It's kind of loose in places, you know, and like like showing thir- certain things. And and, it, and that was, I think, that was his. You know, that's that's his talent. Um, but it just didn't seem to come out so much. Are you talking like when zero. they replicated scenes being that structured? Him doing that, then suddenly. Well, yeah, but behind then, the scenes but, but, became that loose flowing. Yes, yes, which was neat because that, yeah, that delineation between the 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 movie and the yeah, right. it, it's a really cool movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cinematographer was Lou Bogue, um, and you know he worked on Lou. He was uh, you know a cameraman on Clockwork Orange, camera operator. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and The Shining, you know, he's camera and electric on Shining. Oh, Those are good cool. credentials. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. They, um, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is that uh, I noticed, though, that you could tell this was a fairly low-budget movie. You know, like, they, they were limited on their budget because there was actually a couple of shots that were out of focus uh, early on when, the, I think, one of the first shots of uh, um, Max Shrek, you know, that was you could see it and it was out of focus and they cut to the next scene perfectly in focus and you're like yeah that that was not on purpose oh, oh and, but and they were saying because were sh- he was supernatural well and you were you were also seeing probably how i took it you yeah, would see a lot of the, the dark something. yeah a lot of the darker scenes were noisy yeah, there's yeah, a lot of noise in, yeah, in, in a lot of those darker scenes and then they'd cut to an, a lighter scene and the noise would be gone you know just because they were trying to shoot uh, in 2000 prior to you know all the ability to shoot in that kind of condition unless you had really expensive equipment right it's, yeah, and still I, those managed. Are mi- those are minor detractions. And, yeah, managed to do do a great job. Yeah, very minor detractions. And right. the music by Dan Jones was really good too. Yes, I, I like yeah. the music. I like the, the music. whole design was, of the movie is really. And I thought I, the music really was neat. used pretty tastefully too. Um, we could do a whole show on on soundtracks. You, <laughs> use of music, yeah, yeah. or yeah, sound use effects. Of <laughs> music and sound effects. We'll talk about that later. I always like yeah. the, in another episode. Yeah. <laughs> I always like the forties, fifties movies when they use the same sound effect through the whole. Yeah. There's this one going off of that one guy screaming or dying, or whatever, but you hear that constantly. I can almost point it out on certain ones. Yeah, I think uh, um, one of my favorite actors, Carrie Elway, in, in this is great. I haven't seen this movie since it came out, um, so it's been you know what eighteen years since mm-hmm. I've seen it. Oh, really? Yeah, and my memory of the movie is totally different than what the movie is. <laughs> there are whole scenes I made up, uh, you know, that I would be describing this movie to people. Mandela and I should see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember um, Carrie Elway being more prominent in the movie, and he yeah, really comes in no, very late. Not. Very yeah. late, yes. But yes. he's hilarious. But if he's one of those actors, like he's like Gary Oldman, like he, he can transform himself and you know do all kinds of different accents and. And just make himself look completely. I mean, I've seen him in movies where I didn't know it was him until about three quarters of the way through. Yeah, that's. A, um, there's the there's the I can't think of what the movie was called, but it was a, uh, it was where he plays John Houseman. Um, to uh, um, it was about the theater act. Um, for he was the producer for Orson Welles, you know, when they yes. were, were doing that American Theater Act. 
I'll have to look up the name because it's really good, you know, and yeah, he is great. You don't even know it's him because he's got, you know, he's got, I don't know if he's got a fat suit on or if he just gained some weight or whatever. And he's got the, he's, this accent he's affected and all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden you're going, wait a minute, that's Carrie Elway. You yeah, know? that's good. That's good. Yeah. And he's been in tons of stuff. I mean, I guess people mostly know him from what? I think what? Saw. <laughs> a lot of people. Oh, really? This, yeah, this generation oh, I think bad. Saw. And, but I think originally it's from... Uh, um, What's the the fantasy that everybody loves? Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that's where he first comes to prominence, I guess. That's yeah, I like him. I think he's I think he's pretty versatile. Uh, doesn't seem to, to do a lot. I mean, is he? Still, oh yeah. Is he still yeah. pretty active? Oh, he's I, very active. Of course, yeah. he's been on TV a few times. Ah. So he does. He doesn't. He's not one of those people that won't do TV right. or anything. Right. Of course, any anymore. Everybody wants to do TV. Yeah, and yeah, TV's taking on a different meaning. Oh, they're the. Um, Almost the same thing anymore. When you're talking, so. you know, at uh, Netflix yeah, um, and Amazon, you know, Prime. Yep. It's taken on a, a whole different meaning. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we mentioned Udo Kier. I wanted to talk a little bit about him. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's He did a great job. You know, he, he, he's a great actor. But he was in a movie called um, Blood for Dracula. He, this is interesting. Oh, he played he played the Count himself in Blood of Dracula. This was in 1974. And he also played uh, the vampire elder Dragonetti in Blade. Blade, yeah. 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 But I want to talk a little bit about, <laughs> because of him, uh, and his role in Blood of Dracula, which was originally released as Andy Warhol's Dracula. Yes. Um. Which, which, you know, I understand, but it was uh, written and directed by Paul Morrissey. Right. And uh, the <laughs> blood of Dracula is about this vampire. It's about Dracula who has to have virgin blood. Virgin blood. So he goes to this village and uh, finds this family that has four virgin daughters, supposedly. And then the hilarity ensues. <laughs> Uh, if you've <laughs> never seen the movie, you need to watch it. It's it's worth a watch. Sam it's, Raimi must have saw it when he's puking know, I, blood I, everywhere. I, yes, so I know, like, I know. But anyway, I, I just wanted to bring that up. I thought that was I thought that was interesting, and that was so. Udo so Kier you're saying that. that it's a Hua movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they also. But then somebody I read somewhere that they said, oh, this was um, a kind of a remake of uh, Vampire, the German movie. Oh, and I went. No. <laughs> Here, and I had that brought up another question. Gadfly, have you ever seen Vampire? Uh, I believe not. 1932. That's, a, that's oh, an odd, oh, surreal movie. You need to see it. We Let's put that on the list because it's a very, very interesting movie from 1932. And it was, but it plays it like was a directed by Theodore Carl Dreyer. Yeah. And yes, yes I, we won't talk about it anymore here because we'll watch it. I want Gadfly to watch it and we'll do a whole podcast on there. So all you viewers out there, watch Vampire. Vampire. And then, and then uh, you'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> anyway, all, that back to uh, Shadow, of Shadow of the Vampire. We also have Catherine McCormick, who is really good as Greta. And it's a small role, but she's, you know, she plays it well and looks, she really looks like a, the 1920s ingenue. Right. Only, the only. Th- the only thing I had against her, if you watch the original movie, what's the original actress's name? Whatever yeah. you know, whatever it is. She but looks anyway, much younger. Well, and she looked like a guy. That could have been. You look at the look at watch that film. She has manly features. You know, she has the the curly hair and everything. But 
Her features are manly. I didn't think this. I think this one was too feminine. Well, in this movie, Eddie Izzard looks like a guy too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I love Eddie Izzard. So oh, he's yeah. great in this yeah. movie, man. Yeah. He's when he's, uh, I mean, he's one of my favorite people. <laughs> yes. Just listening to him talk, I'll watch an interview with him anytime. Yes. And his stand-up is hilarious. You know. Yeah, yeah he does a good job. Uh, we also have Ronan Vibert or Vibert or whatever. He plays the original cinematographer, uh, the one that gets. Uh, no. Yeah. Taken by Max Schreck. <laughs> Why did you have to eat the cinematographer? Why not the script, oh. girl? <laughs> We've blown it. We've Edwin's... blown it already. <laughs> oh, we're not supposed to spoil? Well, it was spoiled by the... Oh, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, there's... I mean, that's... You should be watching this movie before they... This way, isn't, this isn't way, a... Way yeah. to go. <laughs> no, it was already. That's why I said it was already spoiled. So, send all your hate mail to Gadfly. Gadfly. In care of unsaneradio.com. So I guess that's about it for Shadow oh, of the I Vampire. Think so yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, if you've not seen it, do yourself a favor and go pick it up, however you can, and watch it. And uh, and watch the original too. And if you've not the seen tone. the original, watch yes. watch it. Try to find one that's got a good soundtrack. Yes, though. there's some out there that have them. One of the nice abysmal soundtracks I've ever heard, but some of them have good. Soundtracks. Because it's public domain. One bit of uh, trivia is that uh, in this movie, um, Willem Dafoe doesn't wear any makeup. <laughs> oh, oh! I did have one other bit of trivia. Oh. The music played on the phonograph to set the mood for the actors in some of the scenes is a soundtrack of 1979's Dracula, and it was written by John Williams. And that that plays on the. Oh, very cool! Yes, yes. Nice, nice little uh, touchback there. That's, yes, that's good. Yes. And I do want to go back to Marilyn Manson's two videos, Crypto Child and Antichrist Superstar. And a lot of the images from Begotten are used in that. And uh, Oh, yeah? Uh, ma- yeah, yeah. Marriage directed them, put them together and huh. stuff. Um, if you've never seen them, watch them. They're really good. Uh, I'm a Mar- I'm sorry, I'm a Marilyn Manson fan, and I I really like those. Uh, I think he's he was he's one of the most innovative people in rock and roll uh, these days, or in the past what. 20 years or whatever you know um i like what he does but these two videos are very interesting to see um so check them out cool. you, you can catch him you, i think you can see him on youtube oh for sure yeah, yeah. so yeah Marilyn manson is cool because he's never been to rehab hasn't he <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we don't call it rehab yeah. he, well, he was on californication you know, the, I think like the last season or whatever. Yes. He, he's he's partying with Hank Moody right up there and is like unapologetic about our, his whole decadent lifestyle. Oh, yeah. No, I, I have great admiration for yeah, he's great. He's like, he's our modern day uh, Alice Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and even more so. I think he's yeah. way more talented than Alice Cooper ever was. And hopefully less conservative. Uh, yeah. Um, I bet he doesn't <laughs> golf. <laughs> with bat eyeballs. <laughs> Okay, so we've uh, put Shadow of the Vampire into its grave, I think. And we'll be right back momentarily with a message from our sponsor. Give me the script, girl. Well, grave on makeup. When you have to look... When you have Particularly to look... Particularly fantastic. When you grave have to on. Look, when you have to look your best at your worst. Grave on products incorporated. Zombify. Cheap tweak. 43% formaldehyde. 
bring that up. Three. Two. One. Welcome to another episode of Meet Cleaver Theater Subatomic. I'm your host, Butch Art Cleaver, and tonight we're taking a look at the 1981 horror classic, The Boogans! <laughs> Can you not say that word and just smile, kids? I mean, it makes me, makes me giggle every time I say it. The Boogans! <laughs> the Boogans! That's right. Tonight's film involves a bunch of scaly, monster, turtle-like creatures with tentacles. Oh my god. They're living in an abandoned silver mine in Colorado. Well, these people go in and they start to work on the silver mine. We're going to open it up again. Uh-oh, you shouldn't do that because here come the turtle boogin' monsters. They're going to crawl out and eat everybody. That's pretty much the whole premise of tonight's film. Scaly turtle monsters eating a bunch of yokels in a small, abandoned, uh, I don't know, Colorado ghost town uh, next to a silver mine. <laughs> You know, a lot of people used to think that the word boogans was actually a term that was used by miners uh, for that sort of creepy, spooky feeling they got when they spent too much time in the deep mines. Oh, that's what people thought it was. But you know, after doing a little crack research on 1981's The Boogans, it comes to find out that the uh, director, David O'Malley, David O'Malley just made up the word. Uh, using boogeyman as the root of the of the word. He just made it up. Way to phone it in, O'Malley. <laughs> Let's take a look at tonight's feature, The Boogans, on Meat Cleaver Theater, Subatomic. Oh, God. The town of Silver City has a secret. Okay. There you go. It's the Meat Cleaver Theater. Butch R. Cleaver. Oh, man. What a guy. They... Started Meet Cleaver Theater in. I don't know. 2003. Oh. Channel 4 in Cincinnati, Ohio. Another Ohio. Yeah, Ohio represent. And um, in all of our opinions, I know I'm speaking for all of us, he is one of the absolute best horror hosts to come down the pike ever. Yeah, he's good. He's got good wig, too. (laughs) <laughs> he, he does sport a good wig. Ah, <laughs> uh, you heard uh, you heard of the bit bits in the beginning. Um, you can go and find stuff from him. Archive.org. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm just thinking about the whole thing. He's all he's Butch, all he's all a quiver. We from Butch Cleaver. <laughs> I really like him. He's I mean he's no, he's good. He's, absolutely great he's great um he did it from 2003 until about 2011 when he did feature length episodes and then after that he kind of went to a, a different format that was a more four minutes to seven minutes little little uh, snippets which Dude. are really good but uh the guy is brilliant um and it was him and his wife Jean, who played jane cleaver what's that Jean. Jeanette is what it said on the. It's Jean is okay. her name, yeah. Jean Dietrich is how she how she's billed, but that's his uh, his real like wife. And his name, his real name is Brian Easterling. Um, 
I can't say I'm done. <laughs> He's a, his whole. Well, his how for- could I follow that up? He doesn't do any of the typical formats, you know. Much like Tarn Feather, he's gone to walk his own path uh, in terms of. <laughs> he wears what is it? Those glasses are what three D glasses? Yeah, and he has to wear them because his uh, depth perception got off, so he has to wear them. There's a whole history behind him. Um, What's the lore? <laughs> okay, he's. This is what this is the blurb that they have on him that I that I found online, which I thought was was actually pretty good. A hosted horror movie show with Brian Easterling and Butch R. Cleaver presenting movies on Media Bridges Cincinnati Time Warner Cable Channel Four in Cincinnati, Ohio, started in two thousand three. Butch R. Cleaver, a mechanical engineer from the past, nineteen fifty nine, is obsessed with horror films. One afternoon, while tinkering with one of his shortwave radios, an explosion occurred, opening a rift in a rift in the space-time continuum and hurling Butch, his family, and hurling. his entire home through a time warp. They awakened to find themselves in the year 2003 with many things different in the Cleaver homestead. For instance, Butch lost his depth perception and now wears 3D glasses. <laughs> An even greater change yeah. is that Butch's lovely wife, Joan E. Cleaver, emerged from the time warp as a severed head. Butch preserved Joan's head in a jar and wired it into his old radio when she speaks. So when she spoke, yeah, there were bubbles and lights. Stuck between two times in Americana, Butch and his family experiment with their new world, catch up on 50 years of horror films, and partake in many wacky adventures. Oh, yeah. Great. He's, he's so That's funny great. and clever. So we just, we just uh, sampled um, Meet Cleaver Theater, The Brain Machine, a.k.a. What the Hell Am I Watching? <laughs> this, is from, uh, this is from his uh, DVD cover. Uh, and so these DVD covers are really good. They're just black and white, but uh, there's all kinds of really cool stuff on here. So l- let me read you the blurb on the back. Humor. Humor. All right. It's, uh, you know, horror hosting just doesn't pay as well as the rumors say. <laughs> Seriously, can you believe it? Uh, Butch finally has to take a job to make ends meet. So we travel to his new place of employment, Zerka Industries, the world's first publicly evil corporation. Join Butch on the late, late shift as he uncovers some of the secret experiments, strange videos, and an unlikely movie companion. Witness a psychological experiment in terror as the e-box dredges up the darkest memories and fears of Major Dad and Roscoe P. Coltrane. (laughs) Join in the establishing shot challenge. Make toxic mucus in the Atomic Cafe. <laughs> we might even kick a tape ball around and if it works. If it works, it's any more dull. Sorry. <laughs> All right, learn the darkest secrets and the final destinations of your favorite primetime TV actors of the 80s. We know somebody turned into an iPod. Duck. Duck. (laughs) (laughs) Trivia-rama bombards you with useless yet tasty trivial facts about the brain machine. Cheer for your favorite establishing shot in the competition of the century. Hey, cool cats. Don't take life too seriously. Have fun. Sucks less. (laughs) (laughs) No, and that says it all. There... 
besides showing really bad movies, and this is a the movie we're just talking about is extremely bad. Yes, he would have all of these uh, pop ups during the movie that were trivia about and the movie. The movie watchable and it makes the movie a lot more watchable. <laughs> yes, and his his uh, skits and bits are just top notch. They're they're great. Very uh, smart. Brian is and 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 Gene both are very very intelligent and witty people with great senses of humor and just a great outlook. Um, yeah, and that's what I look forward to in, in any kind of horror host is that they look like they're just having the time of our life. I think kind of like we do in this podcast is we're really just trying to crack each other up, right? Uh, and I think they're... <laughs> I, I beg your pardon. What? No. <laughs> okay, I'm trying to crack me up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, you know what Confucius say? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry! Jerry! <laughs> Women who fly plane upside down have big crack up. <laughs> Thank you, Man Tan. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, back I'm to, sorry, Man Ting. Back, back, <laughs> back to back to Butcher Cleaver. Butcher, Butcher Cleaver. Cleaver. Yeah, he's he's good stuff. Uh, we met him uh, probably what over ten years ago at uh, the Cinema Wasteland, one of our favorite conventions in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, we we decided to do Butch Cleaver because we like him, but we also are like. Ohio is like the hotbed of horror hosts. Like I Acknowledged. Think, yeah, I think we're like the per capita. We've got way more horror hosts than any other state. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> In the union. We got a lot of time <laughs> on our hands. <laughs> it says a lot about the state of Ohio, doesn't it? Ohio. Ohio. Who are the hosts of Ohio? Around the Great Lakes. <laughs> So, uh, unfortunately, Butchar Cleaver is not uh, on uh, a lot of streaming services. You can find some of his stuff on archive.org. Um, I did see him uh, probably a couple of years ago on The Vortex, um, which is one of the... You know, and I think they showed the shorts. Yeah. They yeah, were well, showing yeah, the short One was about his barbecue. Yeah, the mini the monsters. Yeah. It was the yeah. mini monsters, wasn't it? Yes. Is that what it's called? Yes. Um, in 2017, he was inducted into the horror... Host Hall of Fame, rightfully um, so. We talked to him, and rightfully so. And we were there. Um, we were, you know, participated in that whole event. And oh, that's right. We, we were got there. to talk yes. to. We got we to talk to uh, Butch and Gene and everyone else, yeah. but especially them. I'm because we're talking about him yes. right now, you know. And we had a great conversation. He's one. Of, he's he's one of the wittiest, funniest, most intelligent people I've talked to ever. Um, we can go back to the days when we. The early days of the uh, cinema wasteland, the bar was the place to be. And uh, one <laughs> one Saturday night, or was maybe it was a Friday. I think it was a Saturday night. Um, he was in the bar, sitting in a kind of a lounge chair, and a whole bunch of us just kind of gathered around. And we sat there for a couple of hours, just talking and having a good time. It was, it was very surreal, and it but it was very very cool. very cool, very you know we. Um, I count him among the, the people I admire the most in this whole business. Yeah, and I think the Cinema Wasteland <laughs> back then was great because it really was, uh, it, that was the place where the horror hosts gathered. I mean, I, I never saw as many horror hosts, except for maybe, you know, I mean, I think uh, Horror Hound in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, they outdid and it. And they actually right? yeah. flew in, which was great. <laughs> horror Hound, Horror Hound, yeah, had over 100 at one point. Right, they, you know, yeah. and uh, that same year was Dr. Sarcophagi as well, right? Well, which we'll do, we'll do a segment on him, yes. too. Yes, another another John great, Dimes. Yes, John Dimes is a great guy. Another great horror host. And, and just great person. Yeah, yeah. Just we should see funny. if we can contact him. I bet he would. Uh... 
He's another talked one that you know. That, that it's, it's I a, think you talked to us. Yeah, and it's amazing how uh, all the horror hosts tend to get along, right? There's pretty know, much, yes, pretty much. Yes. I, I, oh, I think yeah. there's there's a there's a there's a kind of weird rivalry that goes on out there, but it's it's. I think it's not. I think it's manufactured. You know what I mean? It's like uh, we were talking about, you know, that stuff. We won't get into the details, but. And it's not even, it, if you, it's not really even there anymore. Yeah, right. That's what I said. It's 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 kind of gone. It was something I think that was hyped up almost like a, a big time wrestling, you know, because we have some of the. Yeah, whoa, 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 yeah, jangling. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah well, a little I bit of his influences. Be, right? yes, no. yes, yes. Yeah, but anyway, that begets. Good stuff. We get, back to, we get back to the um, Butch Cleaver and uh, yeah, one of the best. So And uh, he looks like Andy Warhol. He's got that wig. He's got the Warhol wig. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, his delivery. And, and, his, his delivery is great. And you know how we like wigs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Check him out wherever you can. Um, and Brian, out there, buddy, we'd love to see a new show. Yeah, we'd also we'd love. love to we'd love to, to talk to you. Yeah. And we'd love to talk to you. Come on the show, dude. <laughs> so there you have it. Meet Cleaver Theater. Meet Cleaver. Okay, gentlemen, is it time to get out of here yet? No, well, sure. Have we talked enough? Da. We, we've talked enough. Da. Your wigs are crooked. Feather wears lip wig. <laughs> All right, hang on here. I got this. <laughs> uh, Jerry, you, yeah, you showed promise at one time. <laughs> Promise nothing. <laughs> Jerry promises nothing. Damn Jerry's. Oh, you've been listening to Unsane Radio with Dr. Ta, Professor Feather, and I don't know. Minuit. Minuit. <laughs> Whatever the hell. I don't remember who I am. I am in the Atomic Cafe. I drank some borax. <laughs> and became atomic slime. Slime. <laughs> atomic slime here on Unsane Radio. Oh, you will be slime. You will love it. UnsaneRadio.gmail.com UnsaneRadio.gmail.com We did that before. UnsaneRadio.com has some of the most spiffy images you will ever see. Spiffy. Check it. You should also jump over to tarandfeather.com. That's T-A-R-R-A-N-D-F-E-T-H-E-R dot C-O-M. Now do that in your Adrian Barbeau voice. That's That's Tarn Feathers Psycho Cinema. Yeah, like that. Adrian Barbeau. (laughs) I'll do my Adrian Barbeau. (sighs) You can find Psycho Cinema on the Facebooks. You can find Unsane Radio on the Facebooks and on the Twitters. And in Spotify. Yes. You can find us on Spotify now. Yeah, keep searching. (laughs) I spot you Spot you on Spotify. This is PCP. A uh, psycho cinema production. (laughs) 
Throw that in the can, Jerry. <laughs> Not in my can. Chew flushing toilet. <laughs> Vincent. <laughs> hey. You're, you're, Ma- mocking you're, the insane radio. Oh, no, no, no. You're, you're about to be de-wigged. Vincent thought that was funny. Feckless and wigless. <laughs> <laughs>